turn in the word with me, please. I want to get right to it. I'm going to talk to you about, uh, there's this, uh, there's this thing that, little song that I used to sing growing up, and I'm sure many of you remember it, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. So I'm going to call my message, row, row, row your boat. Okay? Now, the boat is going to represent several things. But today, it's representing the place God wants us to go. So we're going to get in the boat together. How about it? Are y'all in for it? I don't know if all the fishermen are in the house. Is, are there any fishermen in the house? Okay, a few of you out there. Uh, uh, where's Harold Gallion? He needs to hear this message. This is his kind. Isn't Harold a, a fisherman? Harold, but he's on the bank. He's on the bank kind, isn't he? There's some of you on the bank. You don't ever get out in the deep. Well, we're going to the deep today, just saying. Now, there's this thing that I've said for years, and uh, just as kind of a joking, fun thing, and I was saying it to someone a few months ago, not months, weeks, and uh, time passes by, and, um, and the Spirit of the Lord jumped within me and leapt when I said it. I didn't realize how meaningful it really should be to those of us that call ourselves Christians. And uh, those who are not Christians that are among us today or those watching, our prayer is that you will experience the Christ within that Christendom. That's the most important thing. Christianity is just man's search for God. But look, we want you to have your own relationship with Him. And uh, I always say this thing. I would, I would say, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, I just say that. Everybody say, y'all, come on, let's go to the mall. Follow me as I follow Christ. And it's just something I've said for years. But something jumped in my spirit and began to challenge me. And I, you know, I said to myself, you know, I really do want to do that. I want to follow Jesus. I, I don't know how many people have decided to do that. But I have a few things that may determine and challenge that in your life. Following Jesus is a completely different discipline than coming to Jesus. It's totally different. So I'm going to talk to you about that. God, uh, every day in our lives, we have this opportunity to follow Jesus. But sometimes we lose sight of Him. Just say it. In the crowd, in the responsibility, in the midst, in the busyness, we kind of like automobiles. You know, Jesus... Himself got lost by his parents, so I don't feel too badly sometimes. But what they, what they did was they went to the place that they figured every 12-year-old would go to find him. Probably the playground or where 12-year-old boys would be on the monkey bars. But that wasn't where he was. And sometimes we, we take him for granted and just think that that's where he's going and we'll catch up with him later. But that may not be where he's going. The thing is, we have to follow closely after him and not presume he's going to go where he normally does because he knows and he has the GPS. He has the system. My, my children tell stories of us leaving them on the pews and leaving them at church for days, and that's all a bunch of lies. Don't believe anything they say. It has never happened. Never. One time, Hannah got left behind thinking that I was 
taking her, and Pastor thought he, I was taking her, I thought he was taking her, and when we got back, there were lots of people around, it wasn't no big deal, but you know, Lord Jesus, those stories, they get stretched, my God, we left them there three days with nothing to eat, they're under the pew, just barely alive when the ambulance got there and took them to the hospital, you know, all the stories, but it ain't true, just telling y'all, don't believe a word of it, it's just not like that at all. Now, I, I, uh, I am one of those people that I had this GPS system in my phone and in my car. And here's the thing about me. I actually listen to it. I actually follow directions. Now, on the other hand, there's a counterpart of me called somebody, you know, with his initials, Randy Clark. He doesn't need a GPS bless God, but I cannot tell you the times we have wandered and wandered, but he's getting it, it's coming, he's getting it, but no, he don't want to listen to Siri, he don't want to listen to my GPS, and he's gotten us way off track, we've been late a couple times, a few, now he'd tell you we've been late more because I didn't get dressed on time, but I'm telling you the truth today, this is the truth. So, I have to tell you this quick story real quickly. Pastor Karen Marshall, y'all know Gary Marshall and Jasper. Pastor Karen was headed, following me years ago when Greta Langley, some of you remember Greta, was their youth pastor in Jasper. And they were bringing some people, and we were headed to Vicksburg. And I, we pulled off right outside of uh, Baton Rouge. We pulled off, they were doing this huge construction stuff, and we pulled off to eat at Cracker Barrel. That's a wonderful place, my dad says. So we go to Cracker Barrel, and uh, we all eat. We get back in the car. But the deal is, there's so much construction, it's really you have to wind your way back in and out of there. And so I am in my, um, I, I have an Infinity, a gray Infinity SUV at the time. So I just said, follow me. And, uh, and so she's, she's going to follow me. And... Before I know it, I'm going, because this is what we do. When we got people behind us, especially if we're going to a Holy Ghost meeting, and we put the Holy Ghost music on, and we put the Holy Ghost foot on the pedal of the Holy Ghost car, and before you know it, the Holy Ghost is taken over, and we don't know who's behind us. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so, Miss Karen, she's following, she is following me and she's following the the gray SUV uh, somewhere an hour down the road hour and a half or so down the road Greta Langley says Pastor Karen this looks so familiar she said yeah it does I've been here lots of times Gary and I lived up and we've been on this highway many times she said okay a little bit later she said Pastor Karen that's that little outlet little outlet strip that we passed yeah, we pass it a lot. We do. They keep going in a few minutes. They go over this big, tall bridge. She said, Pastor Karen, I think these are the same plants that are in sulfur, Louisiana. Did, 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 did we just go over the Lake Charles Bridge? Pastor Karen was so humiliated. <clears throat> well, you know, we needed to go on back home anyway, so we're, we're going on to Jasper. The deal is... She got mixed up in the construction. She was following the SUV, but it was the wrong vehicle. And she's already back, all the way over past Lake Charles, headed back to Jasper before she realized it. Point, you can be following the wrong vehicle and Jesus get lost out there somewhere. Does anybody know what I'm saying? 
So perhaps you have been, prayerfully you have not been, but wherever he's going, we have to be sensitive to it. You know, we are in this, and I'm trying to stay current. I was just talking to Pastor Chris. You know, Pastor says, I got my doctrine right. I'm not worried about that. I've got my principles in stake, my character. But the one thing I don't ever want to do is be dated. Well, I don't want to be dated either. So I'm working on that, and I'm trying to be socially, uh, social media literate. And uh, there's lots of followers. We have taken followers to an all-time low, just saying. Because, I mean, everybody's about followers. How many twits do you have on Twitter? And I looked that word up. You know what it means? Strange and weird. Just saying. There's a few of those on there. And no, this is what it means. It means strange, weird, and annoying. Just saying. So y'all know a few. But there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's all these, these, and probably a lot more, Snapchat, all these things that people are saying, how many followers, how many followers do you have? And here's the thing. We can, in one second, push one button and unfollow anybody. And then, because we may not like what they're doing or saying, and probably you need to unfollow a lot of them, I'm just saying. But my point is this. We can unfollow them in an instant if we don't like where they're taking us. But how many times have we pushed the button on Jesus and we don't really care for it right here? This part of following him, we'll check back in when we get back to a good place that we like to follow him. That, that's the culture. And I, I just wonder oftentimes if we do that to him, just click, it, click on the button and, and say, you know, I, I, I'm going to follow him when things get a little better. But that's not following. That's coming to Jesus. That's coming back to him or coming to him. That's not following him. Now, there, is these two, there are these two words in Scripture that I want you to look at with me. Matthew 4, 18 through 21, 22. These two words changed all of eternity, changed our lives and the world as we know it. These two powerful words changed it. Jesus went in a synagogue as a young boy. He didn't ask anybody to follow him. He didn't ask anybody to follow him to the cross. He didn't ask anybody to follow him to the grave. But when he came up out of that grave and he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, then he goes and he is out realizing, I need some people that when I ask them, they know what I mean. They're going to give me an unreservedly, unresounding or resounding Yes, I will follow you with all my heart. I'm looking for those kind of covenant people. So he goes to them. Now, you, he's saying to, he's passing by on the shore, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were, they were, they were fishermen. Then he said to them these two words, and I want you to say them with me. Follow Follow who? And I will make you fishers of men. I've been teaching the ELE students our epic leadership, and we, they've learned over 61 scriptures. And one of the first ones I taught them was this. Come, Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. 
And so immediately they left their nets and followed him. Watch that, immediately. It doesn't say that he gave them a job description. It certainly doesn't say he's going to explain to them where they're going. And he doesn't even give them an opportunity to ask what's going to happen. They can't even do that. He just has this resounding knower inside of him that when I ask this question, if they say yes, it's the right ones. Follow me. So these boys are in the boat that day and Jesus walks by, but they have a choice. They could have said, do we go home and pack our suitcase? Do we get some extra money and put it up in there? Do we get a picnic? How long are we going to be gone? Lord Jesus, I can just think of all the questions. Like I said, I've been teaching ELE students and I'll make one point and they've got 32 questions, one right after the other. But these guys didn't ask any questions. Something hit them deep in their spirit and they said, follow me. Yes, sir, we're on our way. He said, follow me, and, and didn't ask when they would be returning. And sometimes, here's what I want you to know. When, we, when Jesus says, follow me, sometimes you get a perfect description of where you're going. Other times, you don't get much information. How about Abraham? Y'all remember him? Abraham went out, and he didn't even know the place he was going. He, he, you just get to a place with following Jesus. you got to trust him. And I need to stop and make this statement for our current events at this moment. There has never been a day in the history of my, my life, your life, or mankind that we need to understand those two words more than right now. Follow me. Because there needs to be discerning. There needs to be wisdom stirred up inside of us. We have to know what Jesus is doing at all times. Or you'll be behind the wrong vehicle. Following to the wrong place. So let's move on. Today I want to examine this. Have you decided to follow him? Because that's the question that he is asking us again. At this place in our life? I thought I answered that years ago. No, you get a chance to re-examine it again today. And some of us have lost Jesus, or at least lost sight of him. And others of us have gotten stuck somewhere. And we can't seem to get out of this circle, or we can't seem to get out of this place that keeps dragging us in. And we kind of miss Jesus, and we want to check back in, but we're not really sure where he is at the moment. Okay, so let's watch this. Go with me to Mark 4:41. Taking the five loaves, because Jesus is, has been out healing the sick and performing miracles, as, as we spoke about this morning and we sang about. And uh, he's take, he said, take the five loaves and two fish, and looking up into heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute among the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Now, I read that to you just because I wanted to bring it back to your remembrance. It's not so much my message uh, text today, but I want you to understand that there are a lot of us, me included, that love. I mean, we love those incredible incredible miracles. And I have to have one every day. In fact, I'm asking you to believe God with me for a miracle for my foot. The doctors say it isn't healing, but by his stripes it is. I am believing for a miracle 
I know that's going across the airwaves. I know that's somewhere out in cyberspace. But I don't care. I want every believer to believe with me. I need a miracle, and I'm going to get it. I'm a miracle kind of girl. I am one of those. But, but the, what I want you to see here, there's sometimes there are those people that they only want to follow Jesus in those miracle presence, those, those moments where he's ministering to everybody and the sensational and everything is wonderful and everything is grand. Oh, happy day when Jesus washes all their sins away, not mine but theirs, hallelujah. And so we get all excited, and I do too. That spectacular is we live, we love, we long for it. But of course, we will be the sure people. We will be the miracle-working people on the sides and in the sensational. But there is another place that's not quite so euphoric where you got to follow Jesus as well because it's in another place that you may come to know Him at another level that you will never know Him on the shore. Something very interesting that's about to happen. Watch this in Mark, the sixth chapter, if you're there. The 45th verse, it says, immediately after he, he tells them after this event that I just showed you with the loaves and the fishes, immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side. He said, immediately get into the boat and go to the other side. Get in the boat. Tell somebody, get in the boat. Tell them again, they didn't get it. They want to stay on the shore. You have to understand something. All the good things are happening on the shore. I don't want to get in the boat. It's too far. Can't you just take me? You're a miracle worker. Take me and throw me to the other side. I mean, come on. You're big enough to do that, right, God? But, but there's something, evidently, He's trying to teach Him. The shore is where we feel everything. We're Georgia. That's where we want everything we can see, feel, touch, taste. But He's saying, get in the boat. Go to the other side. What you going to do? Gonna look, it's going to look like this. Go immediately to the other side. And there are some that are hollering and screaming, I don't want in the boat. But this is where we don't get much instructions. We don't get much GPS directions in this thing. This is where he already knows that these fishermen know how to get the job done. They've been there, done that. He got them from a boat. They know the boat is the familiar. Let me just say, it's that familiar place. And so Jesus says, go get in the boat. But duh, he didn't get in the boat with them. Why? I, he had things to do. He had to go the other side and pray. But Jesus is not visual before them now. But this is the place where he says, you're going to follow me, but you're not going to follow me by just seeing. You're going to have to know and sense because you're going to have to follow my instruction booklet right now. You got, you know, I've given you a Bible, and this is the times when has God ever gone a little bit uh, MIA, it seems, on any of you in here? Yeah, there's a reason. You know, I, I realized something when I was talking to my grandkids the other day that we, I was trying, I always try to teach them principles, and I was teaching them about tests, and when they can't remember, you know, when have you ever noticed that nobody talks, the teacher doesn't talk when there's a test going on? It's kind of silent, right? 
The teacher will pick back up after the test is over. Possibly it's a test, just saying, maybe. You know, I, I am a visual person. I am a creative, visionary, visual. I want to see things. Do not give me a book of instructions. Give me a picture. If you give me a picture, I can see it, I can do it. So Hannah was in this apartment a few months ago, and she called me over there, me and Mary Leslie, we go over there to help those kids. They have been to Ikea, the wonderful Ikea, and they have come back with this little flat package like this. And it's supposed to be this gorgeous masterpiece when you get through. But dear Jesus, the instructions are a mile long. Well, not Renee. I'm just going to bypass that and look at the picture. Me and Mary, we're, we're visionary. We're going to look at the picture. So we made our own holes where we need to make them. And we got to the end of it. And we couldn't get a caster, the caster on. It would not go. And, and we couldn't finish it. So it's this upside-down project that we worked on for a long, long time we worked on it. And we knew we were doing the right thing because we had the picture. But what we didn't do is follow the instructions. However, I hate to admit this, but Pastor Randy comes a week later, and I say, you fixed this. He said, where are the instructions? I hated to go pull those out of that drawer so bad. But I did. I did it. I, I, I sucked it up, and I went ahead and did it. And I gave it to him. And do you know in a few minutes he said, guys, y'all had the, the butcher block upside down. The holes are on the other side. And it's got a C and a D and E. Why didn't you follow the instructions? Well, I don't know. But I just want to say this. You, you get to those places where you don't, you don't see what you want to see. And he said, the book says, what about my tithes? Oh, oh, uh, no, 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 no. I, I can't see everything I want to see right now. No, if you just follow my instructions, you're going to get through this situation. Just follow. Just follow me. And following me right now is following my instructions. I like following Jesus on the shore, but don't make me follow him because I'm a shore, shore girl. But he told them to get in the boat. And so they got in the boat. Now, I'm not very much about a boat kind of person. I don't know a lot. So y'all, if it looks like I'm sweeping, that might be because I hadn't done a lot of this. Just saying. But I have done some following Jesus. Now, oftentimes, here's the thing. Oftentimes when we get in the boat, that, of course, represents the familiars I said to you a while ago. It also represents that comfort zone place. That place. So he knows that they know. But you got to get your paddle out. And if I'm going, if I'm doing this, that means I'm going this way. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I have done it backwards before. But, but, and, I'm, and I know that I'm supposed to dig deep. I know that. I'm not sweeping the floor, but right now it's just an illustration. So y'all don't put me on Facebook and say I swept the floor today, okay? I'm just using this because I want you to see what God is causing us to do at times. It's getting the boat. Now, I don't want to miss anything. So here's the thing. It's a journey from shore to shore. But later that night, he says to them, get in the boat and go to the middle of the lake. That's what it says. I read that to you. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of them to the other side. Bethsaida, while he himself was sending the crowd away, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat 
was in the middle of the lake. I mean, I want to know if there's anybody ever been in the middle of anything in your life. I can tell you this is that place. That This is that middle is that place where, oh, it doesn't seem like anything is happening. I love the beginning of anything because I can get energized and I can pump you up and I can get so excited. We've got new ideas. Come on, get off the shore. Let's go. We can go. But uh, in the end, that's always awesome too because then we've got some more shoreline stuff going on and we can hoorah and we can go for it. But dear God, don't put me out here in the middle. So what do we do? Because we're out here in the middle. The middle is dead, you know, that's Debbie Downer. Tired, you're tired. The middle is where you get fed up. The middle is where things always happen. Have you ever heard of a midlife crisis? It's in the middle of things where you get mixed up. That's where the people go off their rockers. They buy crazy cars. They get muscle shirts. They do all kind of tattoos on their nose and arms and ears. I don't know. I, do what you want to do. I'm just saying the middle is, you know, it's craziness goes on. The enemy gets busy in the middle. The enemy gets really busy. And the Bible says, get in the middle of the boat and don't stay in the middle. Keep rowing. So here's, here we are. Jesus made his disciples get in the boat. And I love this part. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea. And Jesus is alone on the land. And the next verse, look at it. It says, seeing them. Because here's what we think. We're out here in the middle. And I'm going to unfollow for a while because nobody, Jesus can't see me out here. He's way back there praying somewhere, doing his own thing. And so, you know, this is where I can get off. I don't have to go to church for a while. I can date that unsaved person, you know, and I'm just, and, and then, of course, when they, when they, uh, when they dump you, then you want to put Jesus back in on your following. You want to, you want to get back on his Twitter line then, just saying. But, but you're out in the middle, and this is that place where that my finances are going downhill. I just need to leave a few tithe checks at home that nobody will ever know. Not only will he know every single thing, because the Word says he sees us in the middle. This is the place you're building your testimony right here. And I want to go a step further and say, if you'll just keep row, 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 row in your boat and don't get stuck in the middle. Don't stop in the middle and take a detour for a while. Here's the thing. It's not just about Jesus seeing them. Now, in this text, I don't have scriptural precedent, but I've got some life experience, and I can give you some other texts that will back this up. It's in those times when you don't think anybody's looking, that's when somebody is surely looking. Not just Jesus, but somebody's going to see you. Do not ever think that you're doing this in the dark because what is done in dark will be brought to light every single time. And I just want to encourage you, if you're in the middle of life, middle is that place, guys, where you just don't feel like there's any hope left. You're so tired. It was great at the beginning, and I know it's great over there, but I just don't have enough strength. It's the middle of my job. It's the middle, kids. It's the middle. Oh, when you got married, sweet Jesus. It was awesome. It was all that, a bag of chips, Dr. Pepper, and everything going on. But middle, now you got diapers, babies, 
Now you don't look so good. You flapping under here and flapping over here. Banana pudding coming out somewhere and you know all the stuff that's taking place. Jesus, I'm sorry if y'all don't know. It's, it's in the middle. It's slap dab in the middle where we quit rowing. That's where we don't row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. It's in the middle when life happens. It's in the middle when they take off and break a covenant. It's in the middle where they do things they shouldn't do. It's in the middle when your kids go crazy on you. It's in the middle when things happen. But Jesus knew it. He knew it all along. Let's keep looking at this scripture. Uh, and then it says straining at the oars. Because here's what happens. You get in the middle and Lord, it was easy over here. You had the wind behind you. You had the beginning and the excitement. And you know if you can ever get over there, it's going to be great. People waiting on you to pat you on the back, but you're out here in the middle. Ain't nobody telling you you're doing a good job now. Nobody encouraging you in the Lord. You're just out here paddling. Say, keep rowing. Keep rowing. And then it says they strained. Oh, but I can't believe this. Can't get your... You can't get your paddle back in the water quick enough. Because have you ever, you know that scripture, or not that scripture, it's my scripture, it's not the word of God, but it, it backs it up in the word, that says when it rains it pours. Yeah, that's not a scripture. But that is a principle. Because you're out here in the middle and this is the principle in your scriptural text. Straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. They, they, they're straining at the oars and getting knocked over in the middle of the boat and barely can get their stuff up and they're out of balance. That's what happens in the middle is where you get out of balance. In the middle is where you get knocked off. Uh, that's where you get knocked off your rocker a little bit. That's when all the challenges start seeming to come out here in the middle. Say, keep rowing. Row, row, row your boat. And so then at about that time, just when you think... Let me get my, let me get it back in here. I can do this, God. I can do this because the whole thing is not just about a breakthrough. It's a follow through. It's a finishing thing. It's a get your boat, get your, get your oar back in there. And just about that time, something happens and you have no longer got your, your paddle back in the wind and it knocks you over again because the winds are coming so fast. You barely get one thing. They barely send you one notice of, of a late bill. Then you get pulled over and get a $250 ticket for just doing nothing, I'm sure. But, but, but it's just one thing after another. And you're straining, and you're straining, and you're straining, and the wind is knocking you every which way but loose. But somehow, this is the place God's trying to teach us something. I know I'm a Christian, and I know how it looks at this point. This is the place you got to decide. I know that I got to follow the book. I got to have any GPS right now for seeing and hearing Siri tell me the next corner. But I got a book that tells me exactly what I need to do. If I'll just get it in there, get my, my, myself back out, get myself and my oar back in the water and keep paddling and straining. But this is what I, what I want to get you to. It says, seeing them straining at the oars for the wind was against them at about the fourth watch of the day. Oh my goodness. 
the first watch, they figured somebody was going to come by and see and tell you that you're doing a good job. He doesn't come. About the second watch, you're waiting for the elders to come because they hadn't been by to see you. The third watch, you done giving up on the elders. You're just looking for any prayer partner that'll call you and tell you you're doing a good job and get yourself back to church. But no, they don't come at the third watch. And then the fourth watch comes. And some of you are mad that Jesus didn't come by the fourth watch. And so now you said, I'm road all I'm going to row. At this point, it's when we give up. This is when we say, huh, I've been going through this way too long and nobody's shown up to help me. You've got some help. You've got help. You've got the rods. Some of us just throw the paddle in. Throw it in and give up at that point. But this is the question. Have you decided to follow Jesus? When he said go to the other side, he didn't change his mind. He didn't change his instruction booklet. He gave you everything you need to get to the other side and more. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We can speak to the winds and they have to be peace. We have to know that God is in us and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of us. We will. And here is what I want to tell you. That right slap dab in the middle is a place uh, with God. I know this. I know this because I have been here many times. We are starters. We are finishers. But it's in that middle. There is a miracle in the middle that you don't get on the shore and you don't get it at the end because right in the middle of your situation you will experience Jesus on a different and a bigger and a greater level than you will ever experience him on either one of those it's in the middle of your situation where you have to look at yourself and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and realize oh my Goodness. Well, it came on by them. Uh, it came on by them. But here he comes, walking on the water. Yeah, and I could stop there about the came on by him kind of thing. Two, he came on and he didn't even stop. They thought it was a ghost. That's another message. But here's the deal. At that moment, you, you get to experience something. And I know what you're thinking because I, I, when I'm reading this scripture, I think the same thing. And I'm trying to encourage myself and look. Look what I'm about to get to see. But then I get distracted because Peter, one of the disciples, he jumps out of the boat. And I didn't have enough courage and faith to jump out of the boat. But he did, and he went and met Jesus. If I'd have just jumped out of the boat, forget it. You didn't jump out of the boat? I wished you would have. I wished I would have. But here's the deal. We get to see the same miracle. We get to get in the middle of this situation. And all of a sudden, we don't just see the shoreline miracle, Jesus. We get to see his water walking skills. We get to see a miracle worker that nobody else gets to see that. You don't get to see that unless you get in the middle. 
unless you keep rowing and you get in the middle of your situation. I want to tell you that right in the middle of the worst battle you're going through, God's going to show up in such a way that you've never experienced Him before. He's going to lay His arms on you, put His arms around you, and there is an experience in Him that goes deeper than anything you may see visually or experience on another level. There is something about being in the middle, and I know it seems like at times, especially for the body of Christ, I've had to do this over and over because I was there in the glory days at the beginning kind of the charismatic renewal. And I know I'm going to be at the end when Jesus releases His glory. But somewhere in the middle, this is where I'm digging in and saying, you think I'm going to quit? Ain't no way I'm picking this back up because this is the deal, ladies and gentlemen, because just one more push, just one more push, just one more push. If I can get this down in the water just one more time, I will be closer to the finishing line than I was way back at the beginning. So I got to get my arms in there just one more time. And I am charging us, every one of you, get your oar, get your paddle, whatever you want to call it, get it back out right now. Because there is something that God's going to do. There is a significance in this hour of saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. No turning back. Because here is the deal. If you stay in the middle, or if you go back and you get that choice, you can go back. But baby, everything you've ever been through, every test, every situation, everything you've ever learned, you've got to go back through it all over again. You've got to go through that long process. But if you'll just get back in and start pushing, the shore is much, much quicker and much sooner you will be there. I, I, I'm going to end right here. I have more to say. Stand up on your feet because the Spirit of the Lord just moved in here in a very, very unique way. Because I see by the Spirit of God people that are getting a hold of this. They're, you're saying like me, I did kind of give up there for a while, but there is no way I'm giving up on Jesus. There's no way I'm going to go back through everything, all the hell, the high water, all the storms, all the trash, all the mess that I've gotten around and in and out of. I'm not going back there. No way. I have to. I have to get back in. I'm going to go to the other side because the place He's taken me to is much greater and a higher elevation than any place I've ever been before. I need some prayer partners. Ministry, quick. Quick, because there's people before the devil talks you out of it. This is a destiny moment for some people. You need to step out from where you are and come right down here. We're going to come into agreement. Some of you have been stuck in the middle for a long time. Just step out where you are because the Spirit of God's going to give you the courage to put your oar back in the water today. There's something just around the bend. Jesus has something so great for you. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit has entered this room in a significant way. And I release that power right now. Now here's what happens. When we get to this place oftentimes in the spirit realm, 
We talk ourselves out. There is some power in just coming into agreement with somebody and saying, you don't have to tell them your life story. You don't have to tell them the deep, deep, deep place in the middle that you're in. All you got to say is, I want courage because that's the next thing Jesus said. He said, take courage. Get your hand out. He didn't say, I'm going to throw it on you. I'm going to give it to you. He said, take it. Take it. Take it. Tell somebody, take it. You know what take it means? Reach out and get it. That means it's yours. Just take it. He's already given it to you. Courage is yours. God's about to do some great things in here right now. I believe you just got to take courage. We, we used to sing that old song, if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles. I want to tell you right now, just reach out by the Spirit of God and take courage in knowing somebody, somebody's life is changing right now. That middle has been way too long. Get your oar back out. Get your paddle back in the water. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I'm not going back. I love you. I bless you. I know God's got great things for us. Just keep rowing. Keep rowing. Keep rowing. In Jesus' name, we'll see you soon. God bless you.